I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. It's a new day, time to write another chapter And wipe the slate clean so the past, it doesn't matter Been through laughter and tears the past few years I tell myself Welcome in to another Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast I am your host, TJ McBride, and I am alongside, as always Anilo Piro Yes We're like sputtering out of control, slowly but surely We're on like fumes here, TJ Yes, we are Both of us Yeah, we're just we're doing it though, baby. Yeah, te- you know what it technology is. issues. We're having all kinds of issues. Oh Anilo's through finals week and is also sick or getting through finals week, but we are back. Yes, we're here. We are here, and you know, a lot of stuff has kind of happened since the last time we yes. were here, TJ. It's been way too long, actually. It's been way too long since we podcasted last. The Nuggets have started their road trip, which has not gone necessarily as well as they had hoped it would. At this point, they're 1-3 and three on the road trip coming off a 126-116 overtime loss to the Indiana Pacers. But what what has been your takeaway of the overall past three games for you? Well, I mean, let's just talk about the overall thing. And the underlying factor is there's no Nikola Jokic in these games. So automatically, the Nuggets are going to be behind the eight ball. Throw that in, mix with the fact that there's no Paul Millsap in addition to that. Uh, listen, it's going to be a tough time for this team regardless, but these are games against just poor teams, man. Yes. Dallas, the first game to start off the road trip, they lose that game 122-105. to 105. Uh, I mean, listen, they were really never in that from the beginning. I mean, there was just no effort, no energy, no life. Uh, and I mean, last night's, or last night's loss against the Indiana Pacers, um, they let Victor Oladipo go off and spoil Shit. Trey Lyles' impressive night, who's, by the way, we'll definitely talk about him in a little bit. Oh, yeah. uh, Lyles has been extremely impressive. Um, in wake of Jokic and Paul Millsap both going down. But, I mean, listen, we knew this was the case. We wanted to see these guys kind of try to rise to the occasion, and yet we're still seeing the same things that cripple them even when they have Jokic and Millsap on the floor that are still kind of paralyzing this team to the day regardless without them being on the court as well. So, I don't know, kind of a mixed bag. Um, You're seeing... There's just not enough good coming out of this team right now. I guess what my question to you is, is are you more excited about this Nuggets team? Do you have any kind of, have you learned anything positive about this team? Because it's hard to deal with losing your two best players. That's what I was going to say. Like the way I view this period, I mean, really, especially until Jokic has come back, is you just channel all your efforts. You throw every game plan you've had out the door. It's about weathering the storm. How can we get the most amount of wins in the maximum amount of time that Jokic is out? Uh, that you kind of you, you you go to plan Z per se, you know, because you never kind of anticipate these kind of things. So, I mean, I, I don't really think I've learned a lot other than Trey Lyles can ball. I mean, yeah. we've known that. It's just been, you know, when Millsap and Jokic are both healthy, this is probably going to probably see Trey Lyles get right back to the bench because there's not enough minutes to go around. So, if anything, I'm just it's letting the young guys grow, you know, seeing what they got. But uh, listen. Their best players are still out. You're going to see those best guys moving forward. So I think it's kind of putting a little things on, uh, on pause and pumping the brakes a little bit right now. Yeah, and I think that people are a little bit overzealous about how bad things feel for some fans and things like that. It does seem to be a little bit, I guess, extra in some kinds of ways. Like I really don't think that there should be this kind of hate for this team because they're missing their two best players. Wilson Chandler oh. is still ailing. Mason Plumley is obviously still hurting. They're playing Farid at center. They're having to go to the deep. They're learning as they go along. Up. Yes, it's going to take time and especially. Especially because now they were without their two best players. And I feel like 
guys are jumping all over this team, even though they really shouldn't be. But at the same time, there are legitimate issues that have arisen without Nikola Jokic and without Paul Millsap. And some of those issues are the same issues that are there even with them, though. Are and, they? I, mean, I don't know. I don't I, agree I, with I, that. I mean, I, I think it kind of comes back to look at the game last night. I mean, there was rotational issues in the end. Just the overall usage of players. These are the same, and I don't want to nitpick Malone because we're there, there's a lot of you know problems with this team overall. But in terms of blowing leads, letting teams back into games, you know the same things that happen when Jokic and Millsap were there. It's the fundamental problems that this that this team has to correct. It's beyond just the players. It goes into the coaching staff, the front office, and whatnot. Expand on that. What do you mean the fundamental issues? I'm not. I, well, I, I mean, don't really, really I mean, follow well, necessarily. I mean, what, letting teams back into games. The Nuggets had their foot on the gas at one. Point, multiple points last night. Uh, I mean, and like I was talking about earlier, Trey Lyles doing nice things. A lot of different guys doing impressive things. They had momentum. Yes. That's the big thing. In a game, you know, that you're trying to steal, knowing where the game was already heading, being that you're down Jokic and Millsap, like we've talked about, they let it go. They let go yeah. of the rope. And and yes, again, you can't make the excuse for no Jokic and Millsap. You know your circumstances. You know your guys. You got to go out there and get the job done. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. It trickles down with the team. I can see why they're losing. And I think the issue falls more back to what Mason Plumley has said, what a lot of other guys have pointed out to, is that they don't have a whole lot of player leadership yeah. on this team. And that's what you see in this New Orleans Pelicans game. When they were ahead for most of that game and they allowed DeMarcus Cousins to come back and beat them single-handedly, when he put up 40 points and 22 rebounds and four assists and four blocks in one game i mean that is just obscene then you get into the pacers game when victor oladipo decides to go off for 47 points in 45 minutes on 28 shots to go with seven rebounds six assists two steals and a block i that doesn't tell me that these are fundamental issues that tells me there's not a communication there's not this understanding between it's not though because i mean those things take time to develop and it's we've had these problems with these same group of guys for two years it's not the Gary same Harris, guys. Will Barton, those guys have been there forever. Emmanuel Moutier has been there. They're both extremely young. Will Barton Fareed. has been the one guy that has stepped but up. But look at Fareed. the starters. Wilson Chandler. These are guys that have been Wilson there for Chandler year in, year out. Wilson stepped up last game. He, he had 18 not points. Enough. He had 18 points. It was probably it's his best enough. offensive performance but of the who's year. Gonna be the, we've seen Will Barton in flashes step up this year and say, give me the damn ball. And I understand they don't have that right now. But whether it be one guy or the team binding together, they have to figure out a way for these things to stop. I mean, you can't allow Victor Oladipo to do that to you. It's unacceptable. It is. Yeah, and that, that I agree with. Defensively, you can't allow a guy to do that, but they're also down a lot of defenders. My no. point is that they don't have the vocal leadership to stem the tide when things go badly. They don't have the guy to draw them back in. They don't have... Well, they, they, they might have the guy. No one has come out and proven that he is the guy and to really slow things down for this to team. Sp- to, spin the ba- to spin that back at you, do you think that's something that you're born with as a player, or can you develop? It's something you can develop. Well, you, like, Paul Millsap is a quiet individual who yes. has learned to do that. That's not something that is in his nature to be a rowdy guy, to get his team calm, collect. Elected no, and back sure. involved in the game. That's something you can learn, but there are innate leadership qualities that you just are born with. That is true as well. well who's going to be the guy then? I mean, if you're looking at this roster, who can be that guy? It has to I don't be everybody. I mean, Malone has talked about it, is that it has to be an internal growth with everybody to and become better in that you've way. You've seen it slowly but surely, but when the going gets tough, I mean, you see, the, you, you see the small progress when everything's great. You need to see some progress when the going gets tough because that shows you the true growth of this team. I don't know. I just feel like they've blown ample opportunities for reasons we've seen with Millsap, Jokic, with Dallas. Was here last year. I mean, the same group of players, there's the core there, you know? We're talking yeah. about Fareed, Darrell Arthur, all these guys. Got to figure it out. I mean, enough is enough. 
I guess. Kind of my thought process with it. They're they're not in a terrible position. This Nuggets team no, is not falling off a cliff. They're fourteen and twelve right now. They're doing okay. I think people are getting a little bit too they're, nervous they're playing about with fire. where they're at because this is a team that was thirteen and twenty last year after the first or thirteen or seven and thirteen after the first twenty games and still almost made the playoffs. Yeah. This is a Nuggets team that even after losing to Portland is still fifth in the Western Conference right now ahead of Portland, New Orleans, Utah, Oklahoma City, the Clippers. I mean, they're doing all right. They're only a game and a half behind the Timberwolves for the four slot. Yeah. So this isn't like the sky is falling, but at no, the same no, time, no. there are legitimate issues that they have not been able to figure out. But, and I, I wonder what they can do to figure that out. What can they do to be able to calm these nerves where they have not been able to... I guess well, get over that hump in respect to they're falling behind. Things are starting to go wrong. How are we going to fix this? And that's just, like, honestly, that's just a testament to their roster complexion because the vets that you have aren't the vets that are vocal leaders that, you know, tie your group together. And the young players that they have are still learning to become that. You don't have that guy that you need right now. You have two you have two sets of players, both on opposite ends of the spectrum. You need to get them in the middle, and they don't have that middleman right now. You say Millsap was that maybe to the fullest extent on this team? Yes, he was, but I mean, even then, you're still lacking a little bit. I, know, I don't think they were lacking with Millsap. I don't. And I think the reason why is because you have a veteran leader who isn't just on the bench. This is a guy on the court with mm-hmm. you. And I think that's where this kind of void has become. Is that Richard Jefferson and Drew Arthur did not play the other night? Trey Lyles is not a vet. Moody is not a vet. Beasley is not a vet. Fareed it, is, it, but it's it, different. He's not the same kind of guy to be like in a basketball sense, calming things down on the court. Exactly. Wilson Chandler, Mason Plumlee, sure, but like role this players. is a team like overwhelmed. Role playing vets. Yes, and I don't even think it's about role playing. I, I, like there have been so many players that have relied on their leadership to be able to be a real player on mm-hmm. teams. No, for I sure. don't think it has to do with that. I think it has to do with the fact that these are guys that are not on the court that are working with these guys that are going to mm-hmm. fight with. These these guys in in-game minutes that can really speak up like this and Mason Plumley spoke to the fact that they basically need somebody to be in their ear like no this isn't okay yeah. like we need somebody to stand up and be loud about that and it hasn't happened yet but the Nuggets need to find some way regardless of what that is to be able to lock down this situation and make this team more comfortable when things when the going gets tough because right now they're not and that is what has led to this team falling apart in late stretches of these games yeah I mean listen same old, same old with this team. Obviously, you know, it, like I kind of alluded to earlier, it's about weathering the storm. You know, what can you do to maximize your efforts in the time that you're going to be down Jokic and Paul Millsap? Jokic expected. Jokic, I think, was already announced to be out for that game against Detroit tomorrow. Yes, he is announced, but that was kind of expected in my yeah, opinion. They for said sure. middle to the late end of this road trip. Um, Malone did say that he, Jokic seemed to be a ways away from coming back. And also, don't forget, I mean, they play Boston on a back-to-back tomorrow. Yeah, and and I, this is, we're, we're recording this. Or, I'm sorry, not tomorrow. You'll probably hear this podcast and understand tomorrow tomorrow but we are recording it on monday and the nuggets will be playing the pistons on tuesday night at 5 p.m so no i mean this was kind of the expectation i mean we talked about on the podcast leading up to this road trip that the anticipation was you know Jokic was probably going to be out for the entirety of it if anything maybe coming back for those last two yeah, and it wouldn't even be the last two. I always expected him to not yeah. be for here for the Pistons game and be there for the Boston yeah. game because that's the second night of a back-to-back. You're not pushing him two games in a row no, at exactly. that point, things like that. So that's kind of where I look at for it. I mean, if you're the Nuggets, though, is it almost worth it just to kind of ride this road trip out, knowing that you're going to go up against a team in Boston that just plays exceptionally well at the Garden? No, because, I mean, I think you the, the conversation leads to this is Nikola Jokic's decision, and Jokic is going to want to play. Okay. Like, no, at least that's the way I look yeah. at it. I don't think there's a situation where he, like, if he's able to play when it comes to playing Boston in three days, that is, I expect him to play in that game. If not, that's fine. That's not like it's a bad thing. You come back home, you get him ready to go, you get a couple extra days rest. That's great. There's yeah. not, nothing wrong with that, but I would expect him to be back for that Boston yeah, game. Yeah, I think you could see a little, uh, some limited minutes definitely with Jokic dabbling on the court in that Boston game. You know, maybe what, 10, 15? They'll definitely limit him. 
I don't think he'll get more than 15. I, we'll, we'll see. It just depends on his recovery, and we don't know that. So yeah. it, it, that those are things we can't really speculate on because who knows? I mean, the, all that swelling could go away the next three days, which is absolutely possible. And then suddenly you're looking at a situation where he is full power on his ankle. They did another x-ray and MRI, yeah. and he's clean, and he's good to go. Like, that could absolutely be a thing. So we'll just have to wait and see with Nikola Jokic at that, that juncture. It's going to yeah. take a little bit of time for him to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been waiting and seeing now for a few days. And in that process, who's been the biggest guy that's kind of stepped up, in your opinion? Who's the guy that's grabbed your attention? Uh, there's been a few guys in different stretches, though. This isn't a situation where multiple guys have jumped out throughout the entire time. The one guy that has always been consistent has been Will Barton. Yeah. He hasn't had wonderful games every single night out, but he has been a solid contributor the entire time mm-hmm. that Nikola Jokic has been out, and he has been un- he's been without a doubt the leader of this team in terms of just drive and determination and passion on the floor. Gary Harris, though, I think has really shown a lot in terms of playing with the ball in his hands and trying to be a playmaker and trying to fill that void that you lose that Paul Millsap because that's not something that people expected him to be, but he has shown a lot of good understanding of how to play within a pick and roll and good communication with his players and good cohesion with his with his roster players. Yeah, and exactly to go off that, I think Gary Harris has been the one player that I've seen show growth also from a performance perspective in terms of, you know, you see him making better shots and playing better defense, but in his mentality, you're seeing the maturity. I mean, it, I almost like it blows my mind that this guy's 22 years old. It really does because yeah. he looks like on the court, he's savvy enough like a 25, 26-year-old multi-year guard. I, and so, I mean, I, I, just, I think it's a fantastic thing the way that Gary's been able to step up to the occasion. You know, we've been talking two, three, four years down the line. This is a guy that will be an impact player for them. Yeah, and, and it's you're cr- seeing the foundation being laid now. And, what, and the other important thing is that he's been there. Like, the best yeah. quality is availability. I mean, Jamal, I mean, Gary Harris played 43 minutes against the Mavericks. Against the Pelicans, he played 37. They blew out the Magic so he didn't play nearly as many minutes. He only played 24 in that game, but then he followed it up with 44 minutes against the Pacers. Yep. And he's not, and he's shooting in volume. He hasn't been as efficient as he usually is, but to see him with a willingness to get shots up in that way has been something that I'm happy to see. It's good to see him be assertive when he knows the Nuggets need him to be. And I think that's really important for him because that stage of his development of becoming a playmaker, of becoming a guy that doesn't just space the floor and cut off ball and learn to play scrappy defense on the other end, but a guy that you can go to when you need a bucket, a guy that can make a shot for himself or for others, that is the next step. That is that next leap for him to take. And I, I think that we're seeing signs that he is heading in that direction. No, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. We've seen the exponential growth with Gary over the past few seasons. I mean, really, he was in the gutters with Brian Shaw in his first year. And ever since Malone's taken over, he's improved every single year. Uh, a really, really great stuff from Gary Harris. Another guy who's been impressing in terms of just sitting on the bench and watching is Malik Beasley. He's that win over the Orlando Magic. I think it was a I don't know if it was a career high but it was a season high 12 points for him yeah um in that victory really came on late you saw the attack mode and the athleticism being highlighted but uh, my thing i think it's fantastic for malik my thing about malik is that he's making the right basketball plays he doesn't look like a chicken with his head cut off out there as so many young players do who don't get very many and and that's the kind of player that malik was when he entered the league yes straight athleticism straight speed straight power that's all it was was basically running around the court i don't know what i'm doing and i gotta say like i I was out at summer league and so were you and i got to watch him play a lot and it was something where when you saw him with the ball in his hands as a focal point of an offense you were like this kid's just not ready yeah like he, he is just 
out of whack. He's discombobulated. He's, he's sped up. He's pressing because he just wasn't comfortable in that role yet. That is not what we have seen to start this year. No, not we at have all. seen a further developed version of Malik Beasley to the point where he understands his role. He gets up shots when he needs to. He knows when to attack closeouts. He knows when to make the quick pass. He knows when to keep the ball moving. He knows how to get steals and get into passing lanes, but he also plays good defense one on one. You see him rebounding. You see him playmaking. You see him defensively. I mean, I think Malone at one point said that Malik Beasley is one of their better defenders as of right yeah. now, which I think is true because he's so long, he's so athletic, he's so quick, and he's so tenacious. His motor never stops. See, and, and he has those raw intangibles and the raw skills that will always be there, but one thing that has made him better in these moments is his, his willingness to learn. I mean, he's a guy that was sent to the D-League in Sioux Falls, North Dakota last year, and he was talking about it. I talked to him about it three, maybe four times about how much he's learned, and he said, you know, I learned how to play the game. I was put in a competition, you know, kind of skill set where I can thrive and base myself and grow. And I think, you know, Summer League, he struggled quite a bit, but you saw him try to be that floor general. And when you have that mindset and you're playing like that and you learn how the game goes, when you get plugged into a rotation like you're being plugged into now, it makes things a lot more seamless. You're ready. You're innate. You're on your feet. So you're seeing it pay off from Elite Beasley uh, right now. One of the guys that, I mean, you're there just as much as I am, a guy that works as hard, if not as harder than anyone. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he's in the gym endlessly. He's there's this thing around the NBA and people don't get the chance to see this because unless you're really around the team at practice, you don't really understand it. But Malik Beasley is kind of the guinea pig for different workouts for the strength and conditioning guys. So not only is he getting extra work in after practices, but then assistant coaches and player development staff are giving him calls like, hey, I need to work on this drill and see if this is something that can be viable. I need you to come down here and run this drill yeah. with me. And he's like, I, I just worked out yeah. over and over and over again. He actually skipped the Jamal Murray. Uh, Richard Jefferson road trip and pod <laughs> because he had to go work out more go. to go kind of do these things. So he is an undying worker. He's one of those gym rats. I remember on his birthday, I think is what it was. He landed back in Denver at like 8 a.m. and went straight to the to the practice facility yeah. and got shots up That's on his birthday does. in the morning after flying back. Yeah, it was training camp. First day of training camp up in Boulder and I was just doing a, a fun piece for him just talking about him growing and whatnot. But also, you know, I, I was at a summer jam this uh, past summer. Post Malone was there. Migos, <laughs> yeah. all those guys. And Malik was there. Really? And, yeah. I was in the crowd. They brought Malik on stage, and like, so I was just I, I floated out a couple questions to him. You know, like, how do you think it was? And he gave me, you know, kind of short answers, blah blah. And I, I Post Malone happened to be in Boulder that same night, so I asked him, like, you gonna go see him again? He says, Nah, man, I'm working. I gotta go put in this work. Yeah, that's what he and does. And I mean, that's just the mentality of I. Everything else is second. And I think he's picked up a lot of that from Jamal Murray because that's the Jamal Murray mindset that you're seeing to trickle down a little bit. Yeah, and they all, I mean, him, Juancho, Hernan Gomez, who is uh, consistently taking shots after games when yeah. he doesn't get like as much playing time as he wants. Like, he's the last dude walking in the locker room as we have already interviewed yeah. those people walking down sweating after being in the practice gym getting shots up. Like, the that rookie class of Jamal Murray, of Malik Beasley, of Juancho, Hernan Gomez, they're as hardworking as you're ever going to find. Yeah, Plain and simple. For sure. Um, let's look ahead to Detroit just very, very briefly before we get out of here. What are you expecting in the Nuggets game at Detroit? It's a five o'clock mountain time game. It's going to be interesting what kind of happens with this because Andre Drummond is going to be an interesting matchup for Mason Plumley. Andre Drummond has been launched into the mainstream ever since his beef with Joel Embiid, and I absolutely—I don't love think it. that's what it is. I love he's it, been dude. wonderful. Well, I mean, this yeah, year. Okay, he, but he's been—he's been wonderful at points in, in, in his past. I mean, we all know he's not got, like this. This no, is a different. Sure. This is a different version. I mean, and that to we be granted, but I, mean, I, I just love that storyline. I really do. It's a funny storyline. I'll I, I definitely exactly. give you that. But uh, no, I agree with you. To go off that, Mason Plumley. Listen, he's a little bit of a clunky center. I mean, there's no way to kind of put it. He looked clunky when he plays. His free throw shot. 
maybe the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Sorry, Mason, but I'm just playing around. Uh, no, but I mean, it, it's going to be a tough matchup. But uh, one thing with Mason, we were talking about hard workers and being determined, is that guy gives 125% effort regardless of whoever he's defending. Mason, you mean? Yeah. Absolutely. His, his face is blood red on the court. He's a guy that we need to talk about as guys who have stepped up as well because his numbers haven't been popping off the page, but he's gonna go, he's been a good playmaker. He's been solid defensively. He's been a guy who's been setting great screens. He's been a great rebounder for this team. So he's been pretty solid as well. It's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, listen, he's gonna they're going to get killed in rebounds. They're yes. going to get slaughtered. I mean, Fareed and Mason as the two bigs, primarily with Lyles off the bench. I mean, that's yeah. going to be... That is, uh, Andre Drummond is going to have his day. Let's just say that. I'm really curious how this defense responds because something about Andre Drummond that has just suddenly appeared out of the mist is his playmaking ability from the post. Yes. He is now third on the Pistons in assists per game. It is Reggie Jackson at 5.3, Ish Smith at 3.9, Andre Drummond at 3.8 assists per game. That's higher than Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Stanley Johnson, Luke Kennard, all of these... Langston Galloway, who's their main backup shooting guard. Like, he is out here doing legit playmaking work for them and that is just mind-blowing yes, for me is. that is not something i expected so andre drummond is he going to slice up the nuggets or is the nuggets defense going to be intelligent enough to make sure they are locked up with their guy and not allowing backdoor cuts and not allowing curl screens and things like that because that's what the nuggets do to people they, they catch them sleeping mm -hmm. and they hit them back door that's what that's when the nuggets were at their peak last year that's what they were doing and that's really what the pistons have been doing this year so it makes it really interesting to me how these two are going to match up. No, for real. I mean, listen, a lot of this, I think, comes down to Kenneth Reed. His ability to stay up on defense, be up, play proper defense, and stay aware, I think, is the biggest thing. Uh, a couple of these last home games, I think it was a game against Lakers when Fareed got some minutes. I was looking, and it, you, you just see the clunkiness with him. I mean, that's just, I feel like, the kind of player that he is. Yeah, but, that's but he's athletic, where, too. No, for sure. But that's where those pick and pops and those backdoor screens, that's where they open up by Fareed being a little slow-footed. Uh, and we've seen that so many times this year. Same with Mason. I'm more worried about Tobias Harris, and I am more worried about Reggie Jackson because... Well, I am, but I think they're going to they're gonna draw... Drummond is going to draw so much attention yes. and so many things are going to open up. And they're going to double down on him because they oh, like yeah, to double for, down on dominant to. centers. They always do. They love to do it. So I imagine they're going to do that. So what worries me is how is Jamal Murray? Because he he he's a, he tries really hard as a defender. Mm -hmm. There's no taking away his effort, but he's a 20-year-old point guard in the Western Conference. Like so You are yeah. going to get sliced up at some point. Yeah. So Reggie Jackson is one of the fastest guards in all of basketball. Is Reggie Jackson going to be able to get behind Jamal Murray for some backdoor cuts? Tobias Harris and Wilson Chandler being matched up is going to be a tough one because Wilson Chandler has been dealing with that lower back issue and it's gotten better but those are issues that are nagging Malone has yeah. already said something that they're gonna have to monitor throughout the year so this is something that they're gonna have to look into and Tobias Harris has been on fire yep. he, he's averaging almost 19 points a game right now and has just been one of the best players in the NBA in terms mm -hmm. of improvement from one year to the next mm -hmm. is he going to be able to take advantage of Wilson Chandler struggling to move as much as well yep. there's going to be a lot of difficulties with this Nuggets team to defend this, these Detroit Pistons and I'm curious how it works out Well, another guy we talked about Mason Plumlee dealing with that core strain it's it's been a lingering issue for him one that we've we've, we've come he to seems know. to be getting better with that yeah, though but at it's, least still, it's something that is monitored alongside and granted, both of these guys are not on the injury report any longer these are just different injuries that have been nagging both of them throughout the process and things that Malone, other guys have alluded to will bother them continually so that's the reason that we're yeah. bringing up these injuries they're so, not on the injury report they're not going to be out nothing like that but they are not a hundred percent it'll either. be all hands on deck for this effort and this is this is kind of my thing with Jokic Millsap out is there's roulette Who's going to step up? We saw Mason step up, or we've seen Mason step up. We've seen Gary step up. We've seen Malik step up. 
who's going to be the guy in Detroit? I mean, I think Gary is I think certainly a prime candidate. Will Barton. I think Will Barton Jamal has to be the guy. Well. I mean, we talked about Jamal getting sliced up, but Jamal tends to get sliced up for like three or four games and then come back with a, a stunner. Yeah, but Reggie Jackson, just the way he plays, will, for give, sure. will give Jamal Murray fits. I want to see Jamal Murray can get going offensively. I think the matchup I'm looking forward to the most is going to be Avery Bradley and Gary Harris. Yeah, How that's does Gary be Harris good. That's a good back? Because he has to bounce back from the situation where he just kind of got beaten to a pulp yeah, by Victor Oladipo. If we're going to be completely clear about what happened, yep. I mean, Gary Harris was the one tasked to him. That's why he played 44 minutes that mm-hmm. night, and it did not work well because he ended up with 44 points, I believe. Yeah. So that was not exactly what you're looking for in that situation. So how does he bounce back against Avery Bradley, a guy that he is compared to so often? So it's going to be a really fun matchup in that regard as well. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking for in terms of what this game ends up being points-wise? What's your prediction for oh, this game? Oh, my goodness. Detroit has been a stunner this year. They've been really, They've been really good really, this year. Where do they rank in points per game in terms of lead? They're up this year compared to years past, I feel like. In points per game? Yeah, I can get them in one I mean, second. you think the Nuggets, listen, they've continued to struggle. I mean, they're still putting points up on the board. The offense is still kind of where it needs to be. Let's see, Detroit. <laughs> Not very high. Oh, they're down really? at 22nd. They're at 103.2. That's interesting. Well, I mean, I, I think considering the, the circumstances, I think they're going to get more than that. I just think Drummond's going to go off. He's, up, he's averaging a double-double per game as is between his points and his rebounds. Um, so I think you're going to see Detroit get their way. You're going to see a lot of the typical nuggets. It's going to be a game of runs. I know that's pretty cliche, but I think you're going to see Detroit get on a couple 20-4s to fours, um, throughout the game. So I'm going to go Detroit over Denver 106-100. Detroit is coming into this game on a six-game losing trip. So that, that kind of a losing streak is just so hard to bounce Two back back-to-back from. losses at home against Golden State and Boston. So they may be looking yes. for a revenge game against a battered Denver. But they're also going to be tired. I mean, this is that is, that is a long stretch of tough games. They played at Washington, at Philly, at San Antonio, at Milwaukee, at Golden State, or versus Golden State in Detroit, and then versus Boston in Detroit. That is one of the toughest stretches in all of basketball. So hopefully Denver is going to come into a very, very, very exhausted and beat down Detroit yeah. team and is able to come away with another road win, get them to two and three on this road trip so far, which would I would say they end up coming out 110 to 98. Interesting. You got we'll anything see, I else? We'll see what, I mean, that's really all I got, man. I, I, other than Drummond going off on them, uh, who's going to be the guy to step up? Trey Lyles has done it. Harris, Murray, all these guys. Uh, someone's got to be the X Factor. We've yet to see that happen since Malone's taken over as head coach. I know that's kind of unfair, but listen, with the circumstances as they are, if they want to go to where they want to be, they need that guy to rise up. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's it for me. Is that's that it for it, you? Yeah, we'll be back when? We'll figure it out. Tomorrow. Yes, there it is. We'll be back daily. tomorrow. Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride, at TJ McBride NBA. Tell them who you are. Yes, good follow me on the Twitter sphere at APRO Sports and also if you guys are listening to this podcast today I also host my own radio show today Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on Mile High Sports Radio with my main man Ronnie K uh, we're going to be talking a lot of nuggets doing some Rockies hot stove talk today as well uh, a lot of great stuff on tap for the show tonight so be sure to tune in with us AM 1340 FM 104.7 or online Sports.com tonight 8 to 10 on Mile High Sports Radio yep and I do Walsh McBride 2 to 4 Monday through Friday make sure you tune in every single weekday I'll be talking a whole lot about football today. But that is it from us. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. If hip hop should die before I wake, I load an extended clip and body them all day. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. Roller A station, wreck the DJ. Bigger the cap, the bigger the pit.
pillin'. Come through something ill, missing the ceiling. What influenced my rap? Stick ups and killings, kidnappings, project buildings, drug dealings. Criticize that, why is that? Cause Nas rap is compared to legitimized crap. Cause we love to talk on nasty chickens. Most intellectuals will only half listen. So you can't blame jazz musicians or David Stern with his NBA fashion issues. Oh, I think they like me and my white tee. You can't ice me, we here for life B. On my second marriage, hip hop's my first wifey. And for that, we're not taking it lightly. If hip hop should die, we die together. Bodies in the more glide together, all together now. If hip hop should die before I wake, I put an extended clip and body them all day. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. If hip hop should die before I wake, I load an extended clip and body them all day. Roller every station, wreck the DJ. Roller A station, wreck the DJ. Sound the same, commercialize the game, reminiscing when it wasn't all business. It forgot where it started. So we all gather here for the daily departed. Hip hopper since the toddler. One homeboy became a man, then a monster. If it dies, let me get my last swing of vodka. RIP, we donate your lungs to a roster. Went from turntables to MP3s, from V Street to commercials on Mickey D's, from gold cables to Jacobs, from plain facials to Botox and facelifts. I'm looking over my shoulder. It's about 80 people from my hood that showed up. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. 